there's no question things have gotten better. But what we can also see is that, for instance, around gender pay equity, that if we do nothing, it's anticipated that women will not make as much as men until uh, the year 2058, or some studies show 2071, if we do nothing. And so I think, again, we have made progress, but there's still a long way to go. Hello and welcome to Capital Ideas. This is where we sit down with members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives to give you an inside look at important aspects of how your citizen legislature works and who and what it's working for. The voice that opened today's podcast belongs to Representative Tana Sin. She lives on Mercer Island and works for the good people of the 41st Legislative District. In Olympia, Tana serves as vice chair of the Early Learning and Human Services Committee and sits on the General Government and Information Technology Committee and the Budget Writing Appropriations Committee. As you just heard, she's a champion of gender pay equity, and when we join today's interview, which is conducted by Travis Schaffner, she's talking about how and why she took the leap into public office. I really got involved with the city council over a road safety issue. Um, There was a road near my home where kids were getting hit and there were car accidents and the city council was not interested or not willing to invest in changing the road structure because they didn't want to slow down traffic at all, um, even even as little as 30 seconds. And when I started to look at the city council and what might alter their decisions, I realized that it was seven men on the city council, and I thought that maybe it was time for a woman's perspective, a mom perspective, and worked hard to get three women on the city council, including myself, and we got that road changed. When you're looking at the makeup of the legislature or any other kind of elected body, do you see the gender difference um, right away? I notice how panels are set up. I notice how leadership is set up. I notice how um, councils are set up. I definitely almost always notice a all-male panel or an all-male group and the makeup. Uh, and same with uh, people of color. And in fact, there's a great um, there's a great hashtag. I think it's all-male panel. That <laughs> that is great. And it's it's surprising how still we have a lack of diversity in representation. And in fact, FIFA right now, they're talking about trying to require 30% of the leadership to be women. In Europe, they have some strong requirements for there to be uh, women on boards for companies. And economically, it shows that companies that have women leadership perform better by a substantial percentage. And it's this whole idea of just a diversity of opinions. If it were all ma- if, uh, all female panel, there'd probably be a loss of perspective as well. So it's really about diversity overall. There's no question things have gotten better, but what we can also see is that, for instance, around gender pay equity, that if we do nothing, it's anticipated that women will not make as much as men until uh, the year 2058, or some studies show 2071, if we do nothing. And so... I think, again, we have made progress, but there's still a long way to go. 
You were the author last year of the Equal Pay Opportunity Act. Do you think that Washington is, is still behind the times? You know, Washington State has an amazing history around equal pay. It was it passed its equal pay bill in 1943, well ahead of the federal equal pay bill. But it has not been updated since. And in the meantime, over 17 states have passed additional equal pay bills around pay secrecy and other components that are an element of the wage gap. So no legislation is going to completely eliminate the wage gap, but I think we need to give women every tool that they can possibly have and that our society and our businesses can have to make sure that we do reduce the wage gap. You mentioned secrecy. What, what, what would the EPOA do to address the secrecy issue there? So what we're calling the Equal Pay Opportunity Act, the EPOA, would give women the opportunity to know if they're being paid, uh, to give them the information that they need to realize if they're being underpaid. And that gives them the opportunity to talk to their employer about the pay differential. And so when we talk about pay secrecy, um, you don't even, a lot of women don't even know if they are being paid less than men because there is in many businesses a prohibition, whether it's stated, written, or just the culture, to not talk about their wages. And so until you know whether you're being paid less than the male employees, you don't even know that you have an issue at hand. And so what this would do is make sure that all employees are allowed to have the conversation about their wages and that they're protected from retaliation for those conversations and for talking to their employer about why there might be that pay differential. One of the arguments that we heard from Senate Republicans last year was that the law already says that that they can't be punished for or retaliated against for talking about salaries. If they already can talk about these things, why is the EPOA so important to address that issue? Some of those protections, um, they have restrictions on them. They don't cover supervisors. They don't cover public sector employees. They don't cover certain employees in fields like agriculture um, and a few other fields. There are definite gaps in who is covered by those protections. In addition, for a lot of women, you know, they're working hard, they have families, they may be working two jobs, and trying to navigate a case all the way to the federal level, which right now is what you would have to do, is really onerous. And it's not something that most women, regardless of income, education, uh, or time, is going to pursue. And so by making it also a state law, not only do we have an opportunity to educate our employers, but also our employees, and give them the opportunity to argue that on the state level, which might make it much more accessible of a protection. So it sounds like the EPOA will address some of the, the gaps and the holes and the loopholes that exist at the federal level. Just how much less are women making than men in Washington state? Right now, if you are a white woman, overall, research has shown that women are making 79 cents to the man's dollar. If you are a woman of color, that can be as low as 46 cents to the man's dollar. In Washington state. In Washington state. And so that means that you have to work, you know, two years if you're a woman of color for every year that a man works in order to make the same amount of money. And you know, I think a lot of people think this is, you know, some of the high profile cases have been around some 
famous actresses. Jennifer Lawrence has been talking about it, Charlize Theron. But really, even just a graph in the Fortune magazine article from September showed that the wage gap affects every single profession, except for two, technicians and store clerks. So we're really talking about a wage gap that is prevalent, and this is not just an accident, there's clearly something going on, and especially since women now make up over 50% of the workforce, we need to address this issue. Now, I read recently that um, I think there was a company, Salesforce, did address this on their own. Are you familiar with that story at all? Yeah, yeah they took a wholesale look across their entire company at every level, and they made salary adjustments to make sure that men and women were being paid uh, comparably. and. You know, there were some situations where women were being paid men, but uh, overall women's salaries increased uh, dramatically. And they looked at it as a good business step. They wanted to recruit the best talent. They saw it as a fairness issue, and it was really a commendable step that they took. Now, I haven't heard many stories about other companies doing that. Is it pretty rare for a company to kind of make that step and make it public, I guess? I think this is, you know, amazing for them to get to get publicity for this, and it's because it's such a wonderful thing that they did, and and such a unique thing that they did. There are definitely companies out there who take a look at their salary structures on a regular basis, um, and are, you know, really fair, or make it very clear what your range is for each position, and so that they're to help eliminate the wage gap before it even starts. Um, but like a lot of laws, we have to make sure that all companies are doing this. And so there are absolutely fabulous business uh, partners and business actors out there, but unfortunately there are bad apples that might either be consciously or unconsciously paying women much less than their uh, male counterparts. How is this going to affect you know, the economy and just in, in, in everyone in general? Studies have shown that if we reduce the wage gap between men and women, that it will increase the GDP in the United States by more than 3%. And that's pretty significant. That is money that is going back into the economy that is going to strengthen the entire country. And certainly, obviously, if we pass a Washington state bill in Washington state. And I think we also have to look at the ripple effects of that as well. If women are making more money, then hopefully we can also reduce uh, subsidies that they might need for childcare or for food or for college scholarships. Um, if women make more, they're able to save more. And this is obviously helps in everything um, for their economic security if there's a if they lose a job or if there's a, a health emergency in their family. And also really importantly, looking long term, if women make less their entire lives, they're saving less, their pensions are less. And because women live longer, we really have seen a rising level of poverty in older women. And this is really a dramatic problem and exacerbated by the wage gap. So if we can close the wage gap, we're also going to make sure that families are stronger, that women in their golden years have more economic security, and hopefully will help the economy, but also will save the state money. I know that the EPOA passed last year, and I think it was, uh, you know, it had four or five Republicans that voted for it. You know, it was a very bipartisan bill. Do you think that it'll be coming up again next session? 
You can count on it coming back up this legislative session. I plan to reintroduce the bill or to continue to work on it. And really, it, it did. It was a wonderful bipartisan effort and lots of enthusiasm across the aisle and, and in the Democratic Party. And we really need to get the, um, the bill to the, brought to the floor in the Senate. There is no question that if we can get it out of committee onto the uh, Senate floor, it will pass with a strong bipartisan support. So why didn't it get out of committee? Was it just politics, or do you feel like it just wasn't ready for some of the voices over there, or, or do you feel like that there's an obstacle in your way? I think it did run out of time. Um, I think, again, I have spoke to leadership in the Republican Senate who is interested in bringing this issue forward and, and really resolving it uh, this legislative session, and I'm interested in working with them to make sure that that happens. You know, the short session that we're about to enter is the time to really focus on policy because we're not talking about the budget. And so this is really the year to get this done. Well, thank you very much, Rep. Sen, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing more from the EPOA. Thank you so much, Travis. That's today's program. Subscribe to this podcast now on iTunes or at housedemocrats.wa.gov and spend a few minutes a week with Capital Ideas. After all, this is your state government. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats. Thank you for listening. Under the